Heyo! Yole! Woo! Thanks for tuning in. Hi, Grandma! Hi, Grandpa! Let us know you are out there. We encourage you to take your first steps into this life-giving local church and find the community and the support that you've been hoping for. Would you stop by at Mayo High School for one of our services at 9.15 and 10.45 a.m. on Sundays? We would love to meet you. We hope that you will find Echo to be your place, your people, and your purpose. It can all be found in one space. That's what we are all looking for. Yes. Lastly, thank you for your commitment. We believe that there are three types of givers. First, people who like or those who occasionally give. Second, followers or those who follow the principles of the biblical minimum. And third, subscribers, those who give beyond their 10% to accelerate the mission and the vision of Echo Church. No matter where you fall in these three, we want to say thank you. You are making a difference in Rochester and the surrounding area. Hey, if you would like to give, head to our website or Venmo us at We Are The Echo Church. Enjoy the rest of service. Bye-bye.
Father, we choose to put our faith in you this morning. This next song, sing it with me. It's called Fountains. We'll never forget the moment I made, the moment you called my name. You pulled me out of the darkness, gave me your promise to never thirst again. And all that I ever My heart has found in you, and 
Come on, let's sing it out this morning, church. The fountain won't run dry, and nothing satisfies like you do. Jesus, in this moment, God, as we pause and just sit in the midst of your presence, God, let us be reminded this morning of how good you are, God. God, for the person that walks into the room this morning feeling like their life is in shambles, that that nothing is going well, God, I pray that they would call out to you this morning and that you would respond and rescue Jesus. God, that we would sit in this place of the quiet, of the holy of holies this morning, God, and find restoration. Find your goodness. God, that the shambles would be put back together this morning. That peace would surpass our understanding. That your spirit would restore our heart would restore our mind, would bring healing to our body right now in Jesus' name. God, you are good and you are sovereign. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. God's good, amen. one question for you, uh, and I'm going to ask it for just a few weeks in a row. Uh, would you follow Jesus this close? For those that weren't here last week and heard the inspiration of this series, uh, let me tell you about it. I was driving north on highway, uh, I don't remember what highway that is, just a north. You know how, you know how it, you know, sometimes you don't know the highways, you just know where you're going, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I'm just driving north, and I, I see this bumper stickers, and our uh, bumper sticker, and I was super, super intrigued. So I had to get close enough to, to read it. And I realized what it was saying is, would you follow Jesus this close? Uh, and then I passed her and she was a really cranky old lady. So anyway, <laughs> I might've really made that happen. So who knows? Um, but I blame the sticker, but I really do. I, I really, I, for the next few weeks, I want to ask us, you know, would you, would you in this collective group of individuals and yet individually, would you draw near to Jesus. Uh, and in fact, what I want to do is I want to take the next few weeks and uh, give you practical applications that might propel you into the presence of God, into your relationship with Jesus. And, and in preparation to uh, this week's uh, message, I, I did a, a deep dive into the concept of drafting. Not like paper drafting, but drafting on a road bike. Has anybody ever done that before? Anybody ever seen that? Okay, if you've never done it on a bike, maybe you've done it on the highway and you're driving as close to the semi as possible in hopes to get better gas mileage. Can I hear an amen out there? At least some sinners out there. No, I'm kidding. Uh, I've never done that really, seriously. um, But I did did a little uh, dive into 
really the concept of this drafting and why road bikers do it so often. And, and what they do is they gather maybe a handful of, of friends and they go biking together. And what they do is they ride in a straight line together uh, in formation, one biker after another. And each biker will literally try to get their wheel as close to the person in front of them, which the sounds of it, it sounds a little dangerous, right? But when they do it, they, they, they risk the danger of that. In fact, that's why uh, you see these massive biking accidents is because everybody is so close. Well, what they're trying to do is draft. And, and, and so you, you realize like sometimes when we put ourselves in danger, uh, we do that because there's a benefit and, you know, a risk and a payout that is, you know, contrary. And uh, what I found out is if you're the second person in that line of, or second to six, I think, person in that line of bikers, you could cut down, you could decrease your workload by 40% by being in that formation. Which I, I mean, that's, a, that's huge. I, I realized after doing that research, I should do that more often. I've been working way too hard. Uh, and uh, in fact, I've got a little bit of a story on that. I, I've been, I told you last week I've got a goal to, to ride 2,000 2, miles this, this uh, really fall through winter on my trainer in my basement, uh, which, by the way, has a unique smell to it now. But <laughs> no, trust me, I clean every time, you know, trust me. Otherwise, I wouldn't be sleeping in the house anymore. But anyway, that's another issue. But um, I was biking and this trainer um, ha- on the app puts in consideration this drafting concept. And so I was participating in this race and I'd never done that before. And I was a group of maybe 50 people. And for the most part, I was like in the center of this really compiled group of people, all real life people that are on this digital platform. And, uh, and, and sometimes I was in front and sometimes I was in back or midway, somewhere between. Uh, but then I got like, honestly, I, I got distracted. And I start reading this book, and then all of a sudden, I, re- I looked up to the, on, on my app, iPad, actually, and I realized I was way behind the pack. And I was like, shoot, I should get back up to him. And I tried my best, and I could not regain what I had lost. And, and I just want to throw that out. I, I, I want to throw this idea out in this series that we're better together. That if we're together, we can go further faster. Do y'all hear what I'm saying? And what's kind of crazy about that, you know, like if you were the person in the front, you think they would kind of get angry because everybody else is mooching off behind them. But there's actually even a benefit to the leader. 4%. It's not 40%, but it's 4% decrease of effort because someone else is following you. And I I just want to throw it out there today. What if we were that type of church? What if in 2023, we really bought into this drafting concept to our spirituality, to our relationship with Christ. And that's why I want to talk about really one of the practices that truly will propel us into this drafting component to our faith. And so if you have your Bibles, open up to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2, verse 42. Uh, And I'm going to kind of jump around there a little bit. But uh, contextually, uh, Jesus has, has, has left Physically, he's ascended to heaven. And uh, now it's up to the disciples being led by the Holy Spirit to, to really set the precedent to the church 
And, and, and they're called the New Testament church. And, and we really are just down line, a drafting line of people who have done it before us. And, and this is what's going on. It, it says this is how they started the church. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Let me just slow down here just a little bit. They devoted themselves to the gathering. And that's what I want to say. They, they devoted themselves, okay? They were devoted to gather together. They, they were committed to one another. They, 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 were, they were into this idea that they are better together. They were committed. That word also could be translated steadfast. They were steadfast in this idea that they needed to do this together, that they could go further, faster. They're devoted to gathering weekly. And what did they do during that weekly gathering? What would they, would they, they tell you? They were committed to teaching. So when they gathered together, like, like we're doing today, they, they were committed to teaching. And what did they want to know? They wanted to, 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 to grasp some knowledge. They wanted to learn uh, a few things. They, they, they wanted not just knowledge, but they also wanted the application so they could live wisely. It was an iron sharpening iron situation. They weren't just interested in the teaching. They also appreciated a little bit of fellowship. Can I hear an amen out there? You know what I'm saying? I mean, and when I thought about that word and when I, when I did some study, it, it brings these connotations of that there was some unity, that there were relationship, they were focused, there was a mutual respect, and they would support one another. When they gathered together on a, on a weekly basis, they did things like like we're doing today. But on top of that, they, they, they were committed to the breaking of bread, which is really a symbolic uh, way to say that they were a generous persons, a people group. They, they were into hospitality. They were willing to share with one another and they were all about the invite and the invitation. And when I thought about that, I, I thought about like, you know, the, the, the need to, to, to grasp and grab a hold of some of these concepts to our modern day context. And not only were they into the teaching and the fellowship and the breaking of the bread, they were also into prayer, the component of prayer. And, and, and when you read prayer, you know, really, as you break that down, they were, they were willing to come together to praise and to bring thanksgiving, to, to, to really soak into and sit into this idea of gladness and joy and what the presence of God does for them, not only individually, but collectively. And I just want to let you know that this scripture was a founding scripture of really the, the makeup of Echo Church. Uh, when, when I was praying and, and, and uh, before I even knew I was going to start or plant a church, right, with Christy and a few other crazy people, um, I was seeking the Lord. I said, if there is a local church that I have an opportunity to lead one day, what should it look like? And this scripture jumped off the pages. And I said that, that we need to be committed like the New Testament church is. We need to be committed to the gathering. And, and, and I just want to tell you, Echo Church has formed and shaped and been very intentionally um, uh, set up to respond and to apply this type of scripture. Can I tell you this? Is, did you know that we're not just interested in serving you coffee? Free coffee, mind you. <laughs> we're actually more interested in serving you relationships and the potential of rubbing shoulders with someone out in the lobby. 
Y'all get what I'm saying there? I mean, we love that we get to provide you coffee, you know, some, some really good French press coffee, but, but we're more interested in creating relationship and fellowship amongst us. I hope that you would come early and you would stay late to not just for the coffee, but for each other. Uh, I, I hate to break it to you here, but we're not just into to singing. No, we're here to create an atmosphere of prayer. And what is that? Uh, an atmosphere of communion with God, with Jesus, this, the, the presence of the Holy Spirit. And I am so thankful for our band. And they, 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 they did such a phenomenal job. Does anybody agree with that today? Phenomenal job. And, and, and it's not just on the quality and the excellence of what they do, but it's their, their ability to usher the presence of the Holy Spirit and create an atmosphere to receive and hear from God. Can I hear an amen? I mean, that's what we're all about. And I'm not just into speaking, okay? I'm just not really into uh, confessing way too much on this stage, you know, like from, from week to week. Like I'm not, I'm not really, really excited about sharing any pertinent information about you at all. Uh, I am actually doing this because I want to teach you the principles of scripture and the doctrines and, and what Jesus teaches us. We're not just about giving. We're actually into, as the scriptures present, into this idea of being a people that share that we are a group of people that are, that are committed to breaking bread, to invite and support one another. That's what we're trying to model here at Echo Church. And the effect is this, and this is what happened in the New Testament church, and I'd hope this could happen here today. It said, everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. And all the believers together had everything in common, and they sold property. I mean, they were crazy enough to do this. They sold property and possessions to give everyone who had need. And this is the cool part. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. And they broke bread in their homes, and they ate together with gladness and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. And this is what happened. And the Lord added to their numbers daily to those who are being saved. I mean, that's my hope here with Echo Church. And we don't really use that word saved quite as much as maybe we should, but I, I like to use the word rescued. I believe that God wants to rescue us. He wants to rescue your friends and, and your neighbors from the things that have been, that, that the enemy has robbed them from. And that's the fullness of a relationship with Jesus Christ. I believe that God is in the business of bringing a rescue and, and what it means to come to church on a weekly basis is that we are in a process of restoration. We're committed, we're devoted for God to continue to do the work that he wants to do in and through us so that we might be able to repeat the process that he has done within us. That's why we're devoted to the weekly meeting. That's why we're devoted to gather together and say, Lord, you know what? You need to grow us. If I could summarize this Acts reference and, and paraphrase it in, in my own words, what I would say to you today is devote yourself to Jesus and devote yourself to Jesus' community. Devote yourself to Jesus and devote yourself to Jesus' his community. 
in, in terms of this series. Follow Jesus this close and stay in community with his people. I have the image of all of us trying to, to cram into a Volkswagen bus. <laughs> you know what's cool about, about being close to people? It's just, man, you feel like you're a part of something. You know what's not cool about feeling or you're being close to people? It's being close to people sometimes. Do you know what I'm saying? And being crammed in. And, 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 but at the same time, in 2023, my hope and, is this, is that as we draw close to Jesus, that we're drawing close to one another and, and, and reaping the benefits of it. But what we find here in the book of Hebrews is Paul is writing to a group of people who has fallen out of practice. It's really easy to, to preach Acts 2 and say, hey, this is the type of church we want to do, but then it's actually another thing to just live it out. And, and what's kind of hopeful to me is in the book of Hebrews, you find a group of people that are actually struggling to do what was preached. Is anybody out there that struggle with doing everything that Jesus tells you to do? Okay, one honest person to the right. Okay, we got one late person here. Uh, but, but, <laughs> but, Jesus, or, but Paul is writing... Uh, and, and honestly, the book, book of Hebrews, man, it is heady. And I've been doing a deep dive on it, and it's been really a hard book for me to really, like, really appreciate, actually. And, and I actually was thinking about quitting and eventually got to, to Hebrew 10. I just read this a couple weeks ago. It said this. It says this, let us consider how we may spur one another towards love and good deeds. Now, let me help you understand. For the most part, you read Hebrews, and it's like there's a lot of reference to Old Testament a lot of connection, it's, it, which is really cool, but in the same way, it's like it can just fly over your head, okay? So if you can just imagine those people are reading or listening to Paul preach this, and it's probably going over to their head sometimes, and maybe they're getting a little bored. Maybe they have more questions than they have answers, but then all of a sudden, he takes a corner, and he says, oh, but by the way, let us consider how we might spur one another towards love and good deeds, and then he says this, don't give up. In fact, I just feel really compelled to even at this very moment, someone is watching online or someone sitting in this room, you need to hear this, do not give up. You may not understand all the concepts and the principles of the Bible or who Jesus is. You might not have experienced Jesus even personally yet um, in a tangible way, but I would just say just don't give up. Your encounter with Jesus might be next week. Do you know what I'm saying? And that's what Paul is trying to write to his audience. Do not give up on meeting together as some of you are in the habit of doing so, but encourage one another. What Paul is saying is this, is keep drafting each other. Even though it's hard to wake up on a Sunday morning and to get into your car when it's zero degrees, Right, I'm saying, you know, like to motivate yourself to get out and get to church before the big game or whatever it is or whatever kind of plans you might have or when we hit midsummer and it's really, really warm and nice and sunny, it's gonna be a perfect beach day. We don't have any beaches here in Rochester, but that's another issue. <clears throat> There's so many reasons why we would break the habit of gathering together. Uh, Jesus teaches us the Holy Spirit and Paul and Peter, they all remind us that we should not give up on the weekly gathering. Let us keep following Jesus this close weekly. One of my favorite pastors is a man named Tyler Staten. He's very 
Uh, he's just got some really good thoughts, I think, for the modern-day church. And, 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 and so I'm going to read you something, but the context of what I'm going to read is, is he's presenting this idea that, that we, are, we are a part of a church during an era of compromise. Like, there's a lot of give and take. And, and this is what he writes. He says, purity and potency of the church during an era of compromise. So in essence, it kind of pitches this idea of the context. He says this, church, have the courage and the audacity to say a wholehearted yes to the invitation of Jesus. I want you to hear that. Quite possibly just attending or participating on a weekly gathering here at Mayo High School is accepting the invitation, the simple invitation of Jesus. Would we have courage? Would we have the audacity to say a wholehearted yes to an invitation of Jesus and in, and in the empty space of the simplicity that leaves? See, he believes Jesus will pour his spirit to empower us to live a life of justice and mercy in our city that is beyond our imagination. And it's not a rebuke, but it's an invitation. Just come to Jesus. And I, honestly, I wanted to talk this week, I, this week, today, I want to talk about a different practice. I didn't really want to talk about like the importance of weekly gathering because I knew today I was preaching to the choir. You're all here. You're all here. You're listening. You're way to go. In fact, I, I spent some time texting some friends of mine uh, and looking on Amazon to buy a, a choir robe because I just want to make the point. I get it. I'm preaching to the choir. You're here, and I applaud you, but I want to remind you that there is an importance to remain devoted to the weekly gathering here at Mayo High School, but then also go to a deeper level of inviting people into your home. To go to a, a deeper level of understanding of what it means to lead a relationship with Jesus within your home. No matter if you're single or you have kids or they are all gone. God is calling us to be devoted to gathering at Mayo High School and begin to invite Jesus into our homes as we invite others to join us. Would we make it a priority? Now, if you aren't convinced to the why you would come here weekly, let me just tell you, and maybe this is mainly for our online audience, but uh, this is my why. These are my five whys that I think are very important. You can see them bib biblically as well. Is this, is the reason why I come to church on Sundays is because of the presence of God. It's biblical. And I've experienced it my entire life that Jesus shows up at his gatherings. One of my favorite stories in scripture is, is, is uh, there's a couple people that are very distraught of, of Jesus' death and, and, and really disappointed um, that he is now gone and, and, they don't really, and, and, and they don't really maybe have the full picture of what's going on and they're, they're leaving and they're walking from one city to another and Jesus just decides to join them and walks with them for like seven miles and then they sit down and they break bread. And when they break bread, all of a sudden, Jesus is revealed to them. 
And when they experienced Jesus and, you know, Jesus kind of finished the discussion and the talk and, and revealed himself. And then he kind of walked off and went into wherever he would go. Uh, all of a sudden, these two people didn't know what to do. They got so excited, they ran back to the city that they had just gone from. And then they gathered up all their friends, told them about what had happened. And they all were gathering together. And guess what happened? Jesus showed up again. Because Jesus is in the business of being where we are. There is a power of gathering. In Matthew 18, Jesus himself teaches for where two or three are gathered in my name. He makes this promise. There I am with them. So I come to church because I know Jesus' presence. The Holy Spirit will be present. How about this? Uh, I, I believe we need to go to church because it's a weekly approach. And I believe if you're not approaching, you are departing. If you're not approaching, you are departing. If you aren't getting closer, we are just naturally becoming further or farther. Luke 4, 16 says this, Jesus went to Nazareth where he had been brought up and on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue as his custom was. And he stood up and read. I, I read that because I want to show you Jesus himself in his day approached the gathering of people weekly. If Jesus approached community, guess what we need to do? We need to get, approach the weekly gather. We need that. We need that more than we probably would ever admit. The third reason why I believe we should go to church, the why of the weekly gathering is this, this relationship. I believe there's a power of the give and take. I, I believe, and I've seen this illustrated um, before me in the years of ministry that I've, I've, I've been in, is, is some of the best type of support happens within the community and relationships within the church. And let me just take it another level, okay? Uh, I believe some of the best support actually happens not in a big gathering like this, but because you have been invited to sit around the table of a small group or a table community within a church. I have seen that over and over again. And so if you've not yet gotten plugged into a table community here, which is our version of small groups, I would encourage you to jump on in when we start a new semester in February. And, and I would just say this, I actually think there's some people here that, are, that, that you need to, to, to apply this message by opening your home to invite other people to join you because you're going to host a table community or you're going to host a group in a gathering with someone else teaching. I don't know. But I would just say there is a power and I've seen so many amazing opportunities of support, love and care and serving within that context. And then the other thing is, as we draw closer, we all jump into the Volkswagen uh, bus per se. You know what I'm saying? One of the coolest things about getting close in proximity with people is you get to know their name. You know what I'm saying? And I think knowing everybody's name is cool, but you know what uh, I think it was cooler? Is knowing everybody's nickname. You know what I'm saying? Like, 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 like I, I hate to break to you. If, you. if you get to know me well, I'm probably going to give you a nickname and it, it will probably be based off of some bad dry humor. 
It's just a beautiful thing. But, but I, I do, I just sense that, 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 that the church and the local body and the, the weekly gathering in the home, like in the temple courts, right? In this auditorium or at, in our homes, like it is a call to relationship and to a depth of relationship that is priceless. Number four, fourth why, uh, guidance. Proverbs 14, 11, 14 says, where there is no guidance, people fall, but in, in the abundance of counselor, counselors, there is safety. And we need guidance. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, I cannot do this alone. I need someone in front of me. And it helps to have someone beside me. And man, I love that I get the opportunity to walk in front of people as well. The fifth reason why church is important, the weekly gathering, why it is important to gather around someone else's table in the name of Jesus is growth. Colossians 3.16 says this, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Let the word of Christ, the word of Jesus, the words of Jesus dwell within you richly. I I want you to close your eyes and have the imagery that your life is a soil and the word of God is the seed that God is putting within you to dwell in you richly. And teaching, this is, uh, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and thankfulness in your hearts to God. And what I want to tell you about the growth concept is this, is you can't grow yourself. God can grow you. And I'll prove it. From, from, for most of my life, I've always wanted to make myself grow an extra foot taller. And it's never worked. I, honestly, I, I, when I was young, man, I, 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 I thought maybe if, if, <laughs> if I prayed to God, would you make me a little taller? That would work too. But, but the truth be told, like in a physical way, like I cannot make myself grow. And, and you know what? It's really not much different spiritually. And I think what's most important is this, is spiritually, if I do want to see growth in my life, that I plant myself in a healthy, fertile ground and I apply the things that I've already spoke about and allow God to provide the growth in my life. Can I hear an amen, somebody? If you're not impressed with my whys, statistically, let me tell you why people grow. According to pewresearch.com, what a website. <laughs> oh, there's some jokes there, but I'm going to move on. Statistically, why people go to church, 81% of people strongly agree they go to church because they want to go grow closer to God. It's a, great, it's a great reason to come to church. Most people want to grow closer to God. Number two, people strongly agree they go to church because uh, 69% of people strongly agree, agree because they want to help their children have a moral foundation. Again, another really good one. Uh, 68% of people agree that they go to church uh, because it makes them feel or helps them become a better person. Number four on that list, 66% pre- uh, of people strongly agree that it helps bring comfort to them in times of trouble. And number five, don't know how you guys would statistically rate this one. 
is they strongly agree that they go to church because they find something value in the sermon and in the message. I don't really want to know, so keep your opinions to yourself. I'm kidding. What I want to do today is I want to preach to the choir. I want to magnify on that second reason, the second most, uh, second um, statistically highest reason so my children might have a moral foundation. Uh, Here at Echo Church, that has been arguably one of the most important aspects of why we planted this church. It was for my my kids, for my children, for your children. I've always wanted to put an emphasis on the importance of not just me, but importance of the we. I, 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 just, I, I just really believe that Echo Church, our most valuable asset is our children. It, it truly is. And, and, and we've always emphasized the importance that our kids matter most and what we do at Echo High and what we do at, within Echo Kids matters. It, it just simply does. And, and we're not just in the business of helping create a moral foundation. What I want to see accomplished here at Echo Church is that our children come to the understanding and the experience of Jesus Christ personally. Can I hear a man out there? Would anybody? I mean, really, I don't want to just go to church. I want our kids to become the church. I want them to have a personal encounter with Jesus, the same Jesus that changed me from the inside out, that came to my rescue when I needed one. That's what Echo Church is all about. And, and I just want to remind, remind somebody that, 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 guess what? Weekly gatherings... Yes, they're important to you, but they are important to your children as well. And if you don't have children, maybe you're a grandparent in the room, the weekly gathering and, the, and, and really the dragging of your grandchildren to church, that matters too. And if you're single, guess what I would just say is this, is maybe, maybe you aspire to, to have a child one day. Well, maybe your opportunity is becoming a mentor and investing in the next generation. Maybe that's a cool way to start that journey. And, and, and as we started the church, we, Sam and I put our heads together, Pastor Sam and I, and, and we said, you know, what can we do to, to really, really make sure that we're effective in raising our children to follow Jesus this closely. And we found a curriculum, and I believe a resource that is the best in the world called Orange. And said, you know what, we're gonna make that investment. And it's not a, it's not a cheap investment. We, we actually put a lot of money into it to be able to, to not only train our leaders to teach our children and to lead and guide them as best as they can, but also help guide our children. And in one of the books that they provided, this is what they write about kids. It's it's kind of a cool, maybe not so cool, illustration of why kids need church weekly. It says this year, the average middle schooler will spend over 200 hours studying math in school. They're gonna spend 300 hours watching TV or movies, 600 hours using their mobile phone. But in the most ideal scenario in the modern day church, you're going to only get about 40 hours in one year to tell that middle schooler everything they need to know about God. 
can I tell you, if you didn't know or didn't have a reason why you should come to church every week, it is, because, it is for your children. And, and if you haven't applied this concept of, 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 of really understanding your responsibility to be the priest of your own home, that is an example that church is not enough. It's just simply not enough that you've got to bring it home and you've got to understand your responsibility to lead your home and guide your children into a relationship and knowledge of Jesus Christ. I want to lean into one story, and this is in closing. In Acts 20, Paul is preaching. And if you thought I was long-winded, you should thank God you didn't have to sit underneath Paul's teaching. Because it said here, he was preaching all day long. And it said this, he kept talking until midnight. Some of you are angry about noon is approaching, you know what I'm saying? Uh, in verse eight, 20 verse eight, it says, there was many lamps in the upstairs room where they were meeting and seated in the window was a young man named Eutychus. Many people believe he was a young child who was sinking into a deep sleep as Paul talked on and on. I love how this is written. You know what I'm saying? That's how I feel about most preachers. I feel that about myself. I'm getting bored myself here, but, but he's <laughs> deep sleep. This person is, he's getting into a deep sleep. Unfortunately, he fell asleep. And when he fell asleep, he actually fell to the ground off of a third story. And when they found him, they picked him up dead. I mean, it's kind of a sad story to bring up. And uh, the miraculous story is Paul went down and he laid hands upon this young boy and, and through a miracle brought him back to life. And some of you are going, Andy, where are you going with this story? This is Andy's opinion. This is an opinion alert. Okay, alert. After a while, kids get bored. What we understand here at Echo Church is we have to speak their language. We, have, we understand this, that, 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 that we want to help your children find their people and their place and their purpose. And we, we know we have to speak their language. And, you know, I know there's a number of people that bring their kids in and their, your children into, into this room. And, you know, I'm glad that you do. And, and, and I know a lot of you are passionate about that. Uh, but let me just say it like this. I talk to my kids and I'm trusted. This is a really big ego building moment for me. My kids after church, I'll ask them how it was, like the ones that are in here from time to time. And they're like, Dad, we don't understand what you're saying. Ego builder. Thank you for that compliment. Can I give you your allowance? That's usually how I feel. You know, I'm taking it away. You're grounded. You're grounded. Fake it. That's what I want to tell them. Like, just make me feel better. But my own kids tell me they can't understand what is, what is being said. And, and let me just tell you this. I really do believe, and I'm preaching it, and I know I'm preaching to the choir here today, but what we do in that wing on Sunday morning matters. And I'm telling you what, if you aren't a part of that, get a part of that. It matters what happens and what Isaiah and Lizzie and their amazing leaders do on Wednesday night. It matters. Make your kids go. Yes, you heard it. Make your kids go. And if you're not a part of mentoring someone, go there and be a part of that awesome and amazing group of adults that are doing that. What happens there matters. And, and let me just hit you hard, okay? 
and I've seen this over and over. Man, I was in youth ministry for 15 years. Man, when kids get bored, we lose them. And, And you know what that requires later is a miracle later. And we can see that illustrated in this story. And you know what I want to do in this church is I want to capture kids' heart today so we don't have to rely on a miracle later. Man, put your kids in the kids' wing. Invest your kids in the kids' wing. Come along and support Pastor Sam. Come along and support Pastor Isaiah because what they do matters. Eutychus' name, you know what it means? It means fortune. You know what that means? It kind of some good luck. A little bit of hope. I don't want to be a church that that relies on hope. I want to be a church that relies on intentional help and intentional direction to invest into the next generation because they matter most. I was hoping for an amen there, but let that sink in. Orange and the creators of the curriculum says this, there is no other organization government program or nonprofit that can do what the church is positioned to do in the lives of kids and teenagers because we know the creator so we can help kids discover their creative potential because we have been welcomed and forgiven we can give every kid a place to belong regardless of their failures because we trust in a risen savior we can offer the hope for a better future when a local church makes kids and teenagers a weekly priority Something remarkable happens both in the community and in the church. I want to be a church that understands drafting. I want to, I, I, I want to be a local church that understands the invitation to come take a ride with us. I want to be a leader that is so close to Jesus And as I follow Jesus, as I follow Paul, as I follow uh, Peter, as I follow the direction of the Holy Spirit, my prayer is this, is that we as a collective group of people would passionately pursue Jesus. That that the simple question of would I follow Jesus this close would turn into this. Would we, do we follow Jesus this close? All of us. Jesus, we just understand we can't do this alone. And we need your help. Jesus, we thank you for that invitation. We thank you for the patience that you continually show us. And we ask that that this message, this teaching, truly would be implemented in us today that we would see the value of weekly gathering so that you might grow us from the inside out. In Jesus' name. Anybody agree with that? Every week, we pray a prayer. Would you stand up as we prepare to pray it? How many would agree with me that there are moments when your present in body, but absent in mind. This prayer is a great reminder to become present in mind, body, and soul. A holistic approach of going, you know what, Lord, I want to be fully present in your invitational arms of love and rescue. 
but it starts with our surrender. So let us pray. Jesus, I surrender. I have more questions than answers, but I choose to follow you anyway. I acknowledge that you lived, you died, you rose again, all with us in mind. I accept the rescue that you offer. Save me and lead me in Jesus' name, in his authority. Amen. Chief Cornerstone, no one.
You know, I was thinking about Pastor Andy and Christy's message last week, and they were talking about New Year's resolutions, and essentially everybody fails in their New Year's resolutions. But I wanted to know how people did after the first week. Because we're basically week one of 2023. still hard to write down when you write it out, but it's 2023 and it's week one. And 25% of people have already failed in their New Year's resolution. And do you know what I think happens? I think somewhere this week, we dropped the ball. We failed a little bit. Maybe we said we we're going to work out four times and now it's Sunday and we've only done it once. So four times just ain't happened. And we're like, ah, maybe next year. Maybe I'll start when the spring comes. Maybe I'll... I just wonder, like, I think the people that are successful just prioritize things and make it like a, a habit, like an every week thing. Because here's the crazy thing. Like people that are eat healthy all the time, if they like go off the deep end on their vacation, it's harder to come back and eat healthy again. You're like, yeah, but McDonald's is so good. I'm just going to go to McDonald's again. Or you're going you're gonna to routinely, you're going to give up the workout. Or you're going to do those things. And I just want to encourage you. When you think about Sunday morning church, when you think about table communities, when you think about serving, let's try to make those things such a priority that when we miss them, it's such a rarity that we can get right back in the habit. Because I'll tell you what, going to church is a habit. You know what else is, going, is a habit is not going to church. And I just, I want to see your faces. I want to, I... Sometimes we think going to church is about us, and sometimes it is about us and what we receive and what we need to hear that morning. But a lot of times going to church is about the other people around you too that need to see you, that need you in their lives, that want to be connected to you. So I just want to encourage you that maybe we together can follow Jesus a little closer than we ever could alone. Now at Echo, we like to celebrate some people. I want to celebrate some people that started maybe a new habit today by going to a new church. Welcome to Echo Church. Let's give it up for all those people today. Come on. We know it's hard to go to a new church and we are glad you're here. Another group we want to celebrate is those that said the prayer with us for the first time or the first time in a long time. Come on. Echo Church, thanks for being here. Thanks for being part of the choir that got preached at today. We love you guys. We're so glad you're here and we can't wait to see you next week. Have a great week, everybody.